This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Let's get right to the consumer news of the past week. Cops in West Van say a scam that targets seniors is getting popular again. On Wednesday, the department reported that it got about 30 reports of attempted grandparent scams by 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. The way the scam works is an elderly person gets a call from someone pretending to be their grandchild. The scammer says they've been arrested and they need grandma or grandpa to send them money for bail, usually about $7,000. They then encourage the senior to take out cash from the bank and give it to a fake lawyer or bail bondsman who will arrive at their home to pick the money up. It often works, but police say so far none of these scam attempts were successful, but it looks like the district of West Van is being specifically targeted. McDonald's Canada has brought back the McRib sandwich after a 10-year hiatus. The fast food chain says it got thousands of inquiries on social media Uh, Last year alone, asking to bring back the McRib, the barbecue sauce-covered boneless pork sandwich is only available for a limited time. Billionaire Elon Musk posted on X this week that the first human received an implant from his computer brain interface company known as Neuralink. And uh, this human is recovering well. Last September, the company said it was searching for people with quadriplegia due to cervical spinal cord injury or ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And Neuralink's device is about the size of a large coin, and it's designed to be implanted in the skull with ultra-thin wires going directly into the part of the brain that controls movement intention. The possibilities are pretty exciting. But the first goal is to give people the ability to control a computer cursor or keyboard using just their thoughts. It's amazing stuff. In the meantime, Elon Musk's social media platform X has had to block some searches for Taylor Swift because of the pornographic AI deep fake images of Swift that are starting to show up online. The very sexually explicit and abusive fake images of Taylor Swift have begun circulating, uh, starting very widely last week. It's made her the most famous victim of a scourge that tech platforms and anti-abuse groups have struggled to fix. An ex-executive calls it a temporary action being done, quote, with an abundance of caution as we prioritize safety on this issue, unquote. The Super Bowl is a week from tomorrow. And of course, uh, the big question is, will the powerhouse defense of the 49ers be a match for the lights-out offense of the Kansas City Chiefs? Of course, I'm kidding. That's not the big question. The big question is, is Taylor Swift going to show up? Fans are wondering whether Taylor Swift is even going to be there. And if she is at the Super Bowl, how many times Will she show up on TV during the game? People are actually betting money on that. Wagers that involve Taylor Swift, as well as other off-field events, like what color the Gatorade is that gets dumped on the winning coach, uh, will be bet on. And uh, often these bets are not legal in North America, but people can still bet with companies that are based overseas. 
potentially in Ontario. Bet MGM is waiting for word from Canadian authorities if these kind of bets will be permitted in this country. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and things are changing in the Vancouver real estate market, and it's not just home prices and the number of sales. Up next, our friend John Carlson, you know him as Johnny Smartpoint, will be here, and he's got some big announcements to make, as well as uh, his take on where the market is headed in 2024. So if you're thinking of uh, selling something and you're wondering, uh, should I do it now? Should I wait? Uh, this, This could be some good information for you. So stick around. Vancouver Consumer will continue right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and uh, this is Vancouver Consumer. We're already into February. And things are moving along in the real estate market in Vancouver. The BC Real Estate Association is cautious, but uh, somewhat optimistic for the new year. Uh, They're bracing for a somewhat strong year in terms of sales, though a little mixed in terms of prices. The BCREA is calling for an 8% jump in unit sales in 2024. And of course, we're all watching the interest rates. The Bank of Canada kind of hinting that we may see a rate cut sometime this year. So that's a huge concern. And also here on Vancouver Consumer, it's the first time in 2024 that we have our expert on all things real estate with us, John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. He's still online at johnnysmartpoint.com. And 2024 is looking like a very exciting year for our friend John Carlson. Lots of changes happening since we last spoke. Uh, even a big announcement. And to fill us in, John Carlson is with us. Hi, John. Hey, Martin. Thanks uh, for introducing me. Great to be back. Thank you. Yeah. So um, uh, we we talked a little bit off the air. 2024 is going to be a big year for you. Um, I mean, it's an interesting year for real estate, but uh, also a really interesting year for you. And I think the name uh, John Carlson and Johnny Smartpoint is uh, going to become an even bigger presence in the lower mainland. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, you know what? Let's get right into it. This is going to be a fantastic year. Uh, and real estate's always an interesting business, uh, Martin, and, and this year will be no different. But I also uh, have an additional announcement to make to a lot of the listeners. I've been doing this program uh, for about six years, you know, uh, on and off, generally every couple of weeks. And what we're doing now is we're sort of moving towards, uh, it's not quite all together yet, but a weekly program where you'll be able to check in at two o'clock on Saturdays and get your real estate weekly update. So, you know, I'm very excited about that, but I also want to let the listeners know, and, and many of, you know, many of you uh, of the listeners will call in and say, hey, I've, I've checked out your show and you and Martin have a, you know, a good thing going on here in terms of presenting a lot of good real estate information and helping consumers be prepared if they're looking at buying or selling a property in greater Vancouver or the Fraser Valley. And um, it's nice to, you know, to know that there are regular listeners out there. And for those of you who have been listening over the years, I want to announce today that I have joined the number one real estate brand in Canada, and I am now uh, affiliated with Remax Lifestyles Realty. And what does that mean to you? What does that mean to the consumer? Well, a lot of things will not change. You'll still have you know, access to me as the professional you've always known. 
but now I feel, you know, Martin, quite frankly, that I'm upping my game and I'm adding a lot of new pieces to the puzzle that are going to help me really deliver good service and results to the clients I work with. Yeah. Well, congr- congratulations, because that that's a big deal. You talk about upping your game. I mean, you've been in this business for a long, long time. You've sold uh, over a thousand properties in the lower mainland, and uh, now you're moving to Remax Lifestyle. So I guess, um, you know, Remax is such a huge, a huge presence in the real estate market. I guess that's going to really help. I mean, in terms of finding buyers for properties, all those different things. I guess there's a million reasons why being with Remax is an advantage for you. Well, yeah, it is. And this is not something I took lightly. You know, um, my number one focus has always been about the client. And I, that's how I built my business over the last 28 years. Um, you know, you, you sit down with people, you understand what their needs might be, and then you bring your professionalism in. You bring into your, you know, into the picture. I'm not a decision maker, uh, but I do uh, try to point out options that people may have and come up with strategies that will help them successfully navigate from stage one where they might be where, hey, I'm thinking of selling. I've got... You know, this situation, I need to move to a different province or I'm changing jobs or upsizing, downsizing, whatever the situation might be. My job is to sit and, you know, understand and listen to the situation, then maybe provide some thoughts and ideas and strategies based on my experience over the years. So none of those things are going to change. However, um, you know, markets, as you mentioned, this year is going to be an interesting year. Markets don't stay the same. The real estate business continues to evolve. And each market has its own advantages, but it also has its own challenges. And and maybe what worked in the past, in the you know three, four, five years ago, in in the markets we were in then, might not apply quite as much to the markets that we're in today. And so, looking at my business model and recognizing that my success is one hundred percent you know um, attached to the success of my clients. In other words, what kind of results am I able to deliver to my clients? Because that really determines how I move forward with my new clients. So looking at the big picture, uh, I made the decision that I needed to increase um, some of the tools and some of the exposure that's available in the market that maybe I didn't quite have the same um, access to before. Uh, and so again, I'm very excited to be moving forward for any of the listeners who've uh, who've um, been paying attention to this program and want to contact me and talk further about it. I'm very happy to sit down and discuss your plans and uh, and my decisions. So you can call me anytime or send me an email just as you always have. Right. We're, we're talking to John Carlson. You know him as Johnny SmartPoint. Uh, you can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. His phone number is 604-612-0080. And uh, his email, now this is very important. I think people should write down this email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And there's two ends in Johnny, John at johnnysmartpoint.com. Because uh, as you say, as the year goes on, we're going to be on the air more and more and more, uh, almost every week from two to three on Saturdays. And uh, you're going to become kind of a one-stop shop for people. You're not just, you know, selling houses or buying houses. You're um, all things real estate. So people... Uh, are being invited. I think we can invite them to to email you at john at johnnysmartpoint.com and uh, ask any questions about real estate that you want. And um, we can answer them on the air. I, I should say you can answer them on the air uh, because you're the guy who knows everything. But, uh, but you really are becoming kind of a one-stop shop. You mentioned, say, somebody um, is interested in moving to another part of Canada and they don't know where to begin the process of this. 
they they don't know how to get in touch with people from outside of the province or but there's all these sort of little concerns that people have and uh would you say that's kind of a, a way to describe it? You being kind of a one-stop shop? That's a good way to describe it, Martin. You know, real estate is a process. Um, I should say the purchase and sale of real estate. Um, you know, it's almost a sport in greater Vancouver. People are always talking <laughs> about it, thinking about it. It's in the newspapers all the time. <clears throat> Sometimes, for instance, I've had, you know, this year, and for instance, with, and, and these are, this is one of the things we're going to talk about later on in these programs. Um, there are, you know, a, government and uh, uh, decisions that we're going into changing and trying to increase supply of the real estate market, trying to make affordability uh, something that people can handle a little bit better. Uh, and so, for instance, I've had calls from people who say, hey, John, you know, um, you know, maybe it was somebody I worked with 10 or 15 years ago when they bought their house. I had somebody knock on my door and it turns out that, you know, some of the neighbors are talking about doing a land assembly. What the heck is going on? So, you know, there's a situation where your average person who lives in a, in a detached house in Greater Vancouver, the Fraser Valley, might not really know how to respond or what to do, and they might need some advice on that sort of thing. Or, you know, people, there's all kinds of reasons. It may come up suddenly, but it may be in the pipeline for a long time. So what I'm putting out there to the listeners is that if you have real estate on your mind, maybe you're thinking of selling your home in the next 12 months. Uh, maybe there's a situation where, unfortunately, you have to deal with an estate and you're not sure even how to get that started, boy, what does that look like? Where do I start? You might go on Google and start looking around for information. Well, given my 28 years experience and given the affiliation I have with the Remax brand, I'm able to put clients in touch with lawyers, uh, accountants. Uh, I'm able to meet with them, give them advice, you know, right from day one to say, hey, here's what the process might look like. Here are some of the, the things you might really want to focus on as priorities at this time. And then, you know, as we work our way through the system, when the time comes to actually put a house on the market or to, to buy property, then, you know, information is power. And when, when a consumer is, is, has knowledge and they have experience and they have a real professional in behind them who focuses on their needs and their needs only and is not there to rush them or to, you know, to try to direct the process, but to help guide things along. I think that's a, that's a great strength for, for people who are looking to get in the market. So, you're right. I'm a one-stop shop. Maybe you're looking at making a move from Vancouver to Vancouver Island or, or to Calgary or across the country. Well, I'm able to help all these things. So um, I just want to put it out there to the listeners that um, any thoughts you might have about real estate going forward on this program, feel free to email me. We can bring up some topics. We're going to hit all the top topics this year. And I'm going to do my best to make sure that the listeners out there to this program are as prepared as they can be, that they have the information that they need and whatever they don't have, they have the resources to go out and get. And that's basically through me and my website and my phone number. So uh, just know that uh, if you need a friend in the business who has a proven track record and uh, you know gets the results for the clients, you might wanna keep me in mind uh, over this year and pay attention uh, Saturdays at 2 p.m. Yeah, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And uh, that email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com uh, is the place to go. If you have a question, send us a question because uh, we could read it on the air and it might be something uh, very complicated. Some might be something very simple, but uh, give us a call. And John, as he just mentioned, is now uh, a member of Remax Lifestyles. And, and I'm guessing the bottom line is when you're selling a property, there's a lot of advantages to being uh, with Remax, you know, in terms of finding buyers and all that kind of stuff. 
Well, again, let me put it this way. There's lots of different companies out there. And I've always said this, Martin, there are different business models, there are different companies, and I'm not here to uh, necessarily elevate one over the other or disparage one uh, over the other. But when it comes to my personal business, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate agent who, again, I've been doing this 28 years. I've got a lot of clients all over the place. So you'll see last year, you know, when I look at my sales, you know, Richmond, White Rock, New Westminster, North Vancouver, Vancouver, Maple Ridge, Mission, Abbotsford, Chilliwack. I've been all over the place uh, because through the years and through my uh, my marketing and having clients that refer me to other family members, I generally got a repertoire all over the, you know, the lower mainland, let's say, Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. So for my personal business model, uh, I do residential real estate. I'm not a commercial agent. Now, if you have a commercial concern, I know lots of agents and I can put you in touch with somebody good. That's another benefit of being in the business a long time and having a good network. So what I decided to do was take what I already figured were my strengths and then add to them and, and polish them up. So as you said at the beginning of the program, I'm very excited this year about you know, what's what's coming. Um, we're going to talk about that in the second half of the show, what the predictions mm -hmm. for the early part of this year are going to be. But not just that, but how I'm going to be able to service the clients that I work with, with some of the new tools and some of the new advantages that this new alliance that I have with Remax uh, is brought to me. So, yeah. you know, I would say first and foremost, hire a good professional that you can trust that does a good job that listens to you and and has the experience to deliver results but also the affiliation of that agent is important and i'm really excited about what i'm doing today all right well congratulations john john carlson now with remax lifestyles and you can find him johnnysmartpoint.com is the website as i say the email john at johnnysmartpoint.com if you have any questions about real estate, anything at all, send it in to john at johnnysmartpoint.com. We could read it on the air and he can uh, he can help you. Um, and you can also give him a call, 604-612-0080. It's Vancouver Consumer. And when we come back, uh, let's get a snapshot on uh, 2024. What's in store this year when it comes to real estate? Where are prices going? Um, you know, are there going to be more properties for sale? We'll talk to John, Johnny Smartpoint, about uh, where the market is headed when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And with us this afternoon is our expert in all things real estate, John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, you can send us an email at, or I, I'm, now I'm saying us, but you can send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And I say us now for that email because uh, if you have any questions, you know, it might be a good question that we can talk about on the show. So uh, send them an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And John is very excited about 2024. He has now joined Remax Lifestyles, which means a lot of different things that we're kind of talking about. But uh, now that I have you, John, let's talk a little bit about the market itself. And, uh, you know, we're right in the launching pad of 2024. You know, it's now February. Um, and I guess things slowly heat up at the beginning of the year in the market, but um, how are you seeing the market uh, as we move into 2024? Well, you know, before we look forward, look back just a little bit. In 2023, we had an interesting year where um, 
you know, in the spring, we had a nice little movement and then interest rate policy kind of hit and uh, buyers started to back away from the market. And we had a number of, uh, if you look at the statistics, the sales dropped anywhere between 30 and 40 percent of the down off of the average mark. So we had a market that had fewer sales, but stayed fairly balanced because the number of listings also uh, was down in a similar amount. So we we had a little bit of a hangover effect from the really excited times of the market in the past. And so, as I mentioned, markets change uh, and, and you know life goes on in the real estate business, but it's very important to understand what is the environment that you're operating in. If you're looking to sell a property, for instance, you need to have a good feeling of at least what's my timing going to be? Should I do it now? Should I do it later? Uh, there's more than just the, the big picture. There's also the personal situation of the client. But it's really important to kind of have a feel for what's happening. So when I look forward to 2024, you're right. We had, um, you know, a slowdown. Uh, the number of listings on the market was was very weak, and that's starting to improve now. We had a little bit of a weather situation that sometimes plays its way into it. But generally speaking, I think that, you know, home sellers, for instance, in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, they, you know, get their yards cleaned up and they wait for the rain to kind of slow down a little bit and things to freshen up. And people generally start looking at real estate in February, March and April. Those are what I would call the kickoff months of, of any any year. And, you know, the kickoff months are really, really crucial, Martin, to, you know, to what happens in the market, because to a large degree, they dictate what's going to play out over the next 12 months. For instance, uh, when we look back to the really, really hot markets that we were in three, four, five years ago, um, we had, if you look at a price graph of any segment, whether it's detached housing, townhomes, uh, row homes, condominiums, all the residential segments, if you look at price graphs, they, you know, they really popped up in, a, in, in March and April and May. And that was a result of a very excited uh, bunch of potential buyers who had access to cheap money and they also had a fear of missing out, so to speak, because they figured, hey, if I don't buy today, prices are just going to go up. So when the listings hit the market in these hot, you know, in the spring, when the spring got rolling, they were getting, they, they were evaporating like, you know, rainwater in the desert. They were not lasting. <laughs> and that led to a situation where, of course, you know, sellers started to say, hey, maybe I'll ask a little bit more. And prices went up and up and up. Last year, we actually also saw a little bit of a bump in the spring. Um, it wasn't particularly strong but when the when the demand came back into the market and the supply remained relatively subdued we did see some prices uh, go up in March and April and and May but the other side of the equation has a lot to do with fiscal policy and I think that there can be some very quick reactions sometimes in other words if the feds announce that rates are going up uh, and let's face it I think we had the the fastest interest rate uh, increase from historic lows to where we are today uh, in, in in history, you know, there's a change in sentiment in the market and the buyers kind of backed off a little bit. And then we saw prices kind of lag a little bit. So the year I see going forward here, Martin, um, it's going to look, you know, it's going to depend on the supply and demand situation. But all indications right now are this. Interest rates seem to have done what they're doing. It seems the feds are on target to bring inflation under control. I'm not an economist, but I do pay a, a lot of attention to this. And I do meet and discuss a lot of these things with economists and lenders and people high up in the banking system and that sort of thing. So it would appear that the feds are on target to bring things under control. And there have been announcements lately, as you know, Martin, that have said, look, interest rates are probably going to stay where they are for the time being. 
depending if things stay, you know, the way they look, then maybe later on in the spring in the second and third quarters of this year, we may have interest rates drop a half a point, a point, maybe even more than that. And and when that message hits the market, Martin, I, I think that what happens is there's all kinds of different buyers. There are, you know, regular homeowners, there are investors and builders and all these others. But the general feeling throughout the buying segment is that, hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe we don't have to brace for um, for for a financial hit, maybe we can start planning full steam ahead again. And, and so the consumer confidence angle at the very least right now in early February, Martin says that the skies are probably rosy. Uh, there are, of course, always challenges in the real estate industry. And when it comes to financing and the supply and demand, there's a lot of moving parts. But all indications right now are that the spring of 2024 is going to be a very healthy spring. And over the next three to four months, based on supply and demand and, and interest rates and consumer confidence, we're going to see how that plays out. But one thing for sure, I'm going to be back here every week, every couple of weeks, and I'm going to be giving the listeners updates. And, um, you know, we're going to move forward that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to give your email address again so uh, people can uh, send questions if they have questions. John at johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, maybe we can answer it right here on the air. And the thing that I'm, I'm noticing when, when I've heard from, from you, like for the past four years, it's all been about supply and demand and the fact that there's just not enough property out there for people to buy. And that's what's propping up the market. Um, and, and another thing about interest rates that I've noticed is that it's not an instant effect. Like interest rates went up quite suddenly, but it took a while for them to filter through. You know, like and I guess it's because people had mortgages that were good for three months or four months or something. And uh, so it was a slow process for the, the effect of the higher interest rates to kind of move through the market. Do you think that it's it sort of that the people have sort of caught up and they've gotten used to the interest rates the way they are now? Or do you think it's going to have an even more slow effect, like, you know, like the Titanic moving through the water very slowly? That's a, that's a great question. And I think there's a couple of ways to answer it. When, when the interest rates went up fairly quickly, um, what I saw, it was um, a, a number of homeowners who had variable rate mortgages who instantly felt that pinch. And, um, you know, I can think of a number of clients over the last year who called me and said, John, you know, our payments have gone from X to X plus 50%, let's say. And uh, what's the solution to that? Well, moving to some of the outlying areas in British Columbia, those prices have popped up quite a bit as well. The whole market kind of, you know, it inflated, let's say. And so some people, they said, we're moving to Alberta or we're changing and because we just can't afford this province. So that was one of the immediate effects. Some people were hit by it immediately. But then when you think of others, you think over the last three years or, or so where interest rates have been 2% or under on a five-year fixed term, a lot of these people, they haven't really had to, you know, to make any hard decisions yet. Um, and so for that reason, uh, you know, again, sales slowed down, but there weren't really as many listings either. And so prices didn't have to fall. I mean, prices generally fall when there's more supply than demand for an extended period of time and sellers start to get frustrated and say, hey, this isn't working. We got to change our plans. We haven't seen that. But so you're right. In that regard, it takes time for some of these changes to move through the market. But the longer we go at rates that are, again, historically, they're not spectacular rates, five and six percent. And we're looking at uh, you know, um, qualifying uh, at, at slightly higher rates and that sort of thing. But 
when you look at the rates today, although historically there's nothing unusual about them comparatively to where they were when some of these people financed their homes, a lot of them, the longer this goes together, the closer we're getting to this mark. And that creates, you know, sort of two situations. One, where a seller doesn't maybe want to move. They, they might have a good reason to move, but they might say, hey, we've got our interest rate locked in at 1.7% for another two years. We'd be crazy to, you know, to move or maybe to downside because we we might not even qualify for the same price range anymore than we did then. So and that kind of limits the supply, if you know what I mean, because those people, although they might want to move, they might have a good reason, they might not because they're kind of stuck where they're at. And the second thing is, you know, with, with interest rates like that, people start coming up with thinking outside the box with plans because that clock is ticking. And if interest rates stay as high as they are, um, even though they're not historically high, uh, a seller might be looking at things or a homeowner might be saying, hey, you know, our, our, our long-term financial plan, we might want to change because we might not be able to afford to be in this sort of segment. And that gets people thinking outside the box a little bit. And that's why I want to put the invitation out there. Again, my phone number is available. My email is available. You might have a plan to move in 12 months and you might want to start talking to somebody about that. Uh, so I put that invitation out there. I would say right now, as at least for this program where we're starting this year, the main focus is going to be on uh, consumer confidence, which I would say is uh, probably on the rise in a more significant way than we've seen in the last 12 months or so. Uh, a supply side, which is still fairly restricted, but I think as the time moves on in this spring, we're probably going to see a return to more traditional listing uh, numbers hit the market compared to last year when we were way under averages. So maybe we're going to be in a little bit of a Goldilocks market. Um, again, it's early in the year. It's our first program. These are things we're going to flesh out through the year, but overall, very optimistic. The good thing is if you are someone who, you know, is maybe you own a home and you want to upsize, downsize, move. The nice thing is as this spring progresses and more listings hit and more sales start to happen, you can be in a really good spot on both sides of the fence. In other words, you can have a house on the market and you can get a fair dollar for it. And, you know, of course, the promoting and negotiating is key. And that's one of my areas of expertise in this market. And you can get a win, so to speak. In other words, have a sale that's very strong, that puts good money in your pocket. And then at the same time, you still have some options out there to look at. It's not like the supplies dried up. You have an opportunity to, to you know, to make a move that you're happy with and not have to settle on your next home. So I see this spring as a very favorable spring. Anybody who's looking at buying or selling anywhere in Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley, BC or Canada for that matter, can give me a call and I'm happy to help them, uh, you know, guide through that process. Right on. Well, you know where to go. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. Uh, the email address is john at johnnysmartpoint.com. John Carlson uh, has been our guest, and uh, we will be talking to John a lot in 2024 on Vancouver Consumer as he now uh, starts working with Remax Lifestyles. And if you want to get a hold of John, just go to johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, he'll answer all of your questions. And as we hear from all of his customers, uh, even if you're not ready to sell now, talk to him. He'll have great advice for you. And uh, we will talk to you again very soon, John. And, uh, and uh, here's to a great 2024. Thank you. Likewise. I'll see you in two weeks, Martin. Thank you. All right. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, an amazing story about a crook who on his deathbed has come clean about a crime he was involved with 
24 years ago that involved a million-dollar pair of ruby red slippers. We're not in Kansas anymore. I've got that story next when Vancouver Consumer continues. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Interesting story this week about a 76-year-old thief who is terminally ill and decided to clear his conscience and come clean. Terry John Martin recently confessed that back in 1995, he stole a pair of ruby slippers that Judy Garland wore in the movie The Wizard of Oz. They still charged him. They found him guilty, but at his sentencing hearing this past Monday, he was given no prison time, given the fact that he voluntarily came clean and he only has a few months to live. The heist happened 29 years ago at the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. That's where Judy Garland grew up. Martin's lawyer told the court that Martin was a lifelong criminal who was trying to live an honest life. But after an old friend who had connections to the mob convinced him that the slippers were just sitting there waiting to be snatched, Martin figured he would try one last score. The friend convinced Martin that the slippers would be worth a lot and that the rubies attached to the slippers had to be real because the slippers were insured by the museum for a million dollars. And stealing them wasn't that hard. Martin just had to smash the glass case, grab the slippers and get out of there. The first thing he did was pull out the rubies from the slippers and go see a fence to try to sell them. But the fence had some bad news for him. The rubies were just glass. They were movie props. And once he figured out that the rubies were fake, he just gave the slippers to his friend and told him he never wanted to see them again. Somehow, the FBI were able to recover the ruby slippers the next year, but Martin was not implicated and he went on with his life. That is, until last year, when he finally decided to come forward. Those ruby slippers were actually just one of four pairs that were used in the film that survived. All of them are really valuable, though, even though the jewels are fake. 17 years ago, after the heist, uh, or 17 years after the heist, another pair of Dorothy's red slippers were sold at auction. A group of buyers that included Leo DiCaprio and Steven Spielberg paid $2 million for them to go in the new Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the museum. All sorts of memorabilia from The Wizard of Oz is really valuable. For example, the Cowardly Lion costume that Bert Lahr wore in the movie, that sold for $3,077,000. And that lion suit is actually made with real lion's fur. And that's a lot of money. But the price of this kind of blue chip movie memorabilia just keeps going up. For example, James Bond's restored Aston Martin car, that scene in Goldfinger, sold in 2019 for $6.4 million. It's a cool vehicle. Stereo, air conditioning, and an ejection seat come standard. Another James Bond car, the Lotus, Lotus Esprit that is seen in The Spy Who Loved Me. You might remember that car. It turned into a submarine went underwater. It sold in 2013 for $997,000, just shy of a million bucks. The best part was it was found by a Long Island couple in an abandoned storage locker 
they had bought the contents of the locker unseen for $100. And when they looked inside, they found the James Bond car. It apparently had been sitting there for 10 years. I'm sure it's in the Storage Wars Hall of Fame. And that story has actually another layer. The car sold for almost a million bucks in 2013 to an anonymous buyer. And just last year, 10 years later, that anonymous buyer was revealed as Elon Musk. So maybe a Tesla submarine car is in the works. Who knows? When we come back, do the big grocery chains like Sobeys and Safeway need a bit more competition? The federal government thinks, yes, they do. I've got that story and more when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. 